Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. I'm just now hearing uh, someone vacuuming the hallway of my apartment building. <laughs> Glamour. Uh, eight o'clock in the morning is a great time for that. <laughs> I was uh, having my husband like hurry up and finish his coffee. I was like, I have to podcast. There's going to be noise. I wasn't like that. but <laughs> is, he, is he a noisy coffee drinker? Um, no, but because I have to <laughs> podcast on an uh, iPad, like every little <laughs> sound, Jake, you can, you can make coffee loudly now. There's a vacuum on errands. And, um... <laughs> Thankfully, I'm pretty good at filtering out the uh, at least light background noise, like vacuum cleaners. <laughs> I like it. I think you should leave it in. It's real. <laughs> it's raw. It's raw. It's gritty, Aaron. <laughs> edgy <laughs> all the things we are not <laughs> um how have you been um recently i've been sick oh i'm sorry yeah that's the problem with being exposed to the general public every day <laughs> tell me about it <laughs> I, I need a job where i work like from with inside of a plastic bubble <laughs> you do that would be fun Maybe we can get jobs in the Epcot ball together. <laughs> um, have you seen that movie, uh, Escape from Tomorrowland? No, I haven't. But I I've heard about it. I don't know if I want to go in the Epcot ball anymore. What happens in the Epcot ball in the movie? Weird scientists like dig around in your memories. Of course. <laughs> I am really glad that Disney opted not to sue that guy. Yeah, that would have been a bad idea. I'm just, I'm glad for a million reasons. One of which being that, no, forget it. We need to stay on topic. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go off on this whole rant about copyright and intellectual property, and it's just too early. Well, I could talk about that for days. <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, I felt the need to tell people something if they listen to this. I'm sure someone will. Is... Your sister will, at least. <laughs> Yay! Let's hear it for Heather! <laughs> it's all for you. It's all for you. Um, I think people should know that the only time we talk audibly is via this podcast. That's true. It really is. We message and we email sometimes and we Facebook, but I, I thought about that this morning. I thought, uh, like, sort of this, every podcast has, like, a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And our thing is kind of that we are just letting people listen into our personal conversations. Like we don't have a, we don't really have a topic list or like mm. we're really pretty unorganized as far as podcasts go. I'm sure <laughs> nobody can tell, but <laughs> I like to call it off the cuff, not unorganized. <laughs> I just, it's kind of neat. It's almost like we're making a, a record of our friendship. Like, you know, in Star Trek where they'll be like, access my personal records and they'll have like home videos magically like you know what i mean yeah <laughs> i wish we had Majel roddenberry inside of our computers to talk to us oh no have i been saying her name wrong for years well, maybe i just said it wrong i've been calling her majel <laughs> i think it's really pronounced i think the j is really strange yours sounds way more correct than i think it's like Mayel or something I've been saying Major Barrett Roddenberry for years. Well, we're from Indiana. That's excusable. <laughs> At there, Major Barrett Roddenberry. <laughs> we talk about her down at the general store. <laughs> anyway, huh. so you're good. You've been a little sick. Yeah, just waiting for the snow to go away <clears throat> so I can go explore my new town. It's been three years since I've seen snow. <sighs> You know, I would say I'm. You know, I you would just say made I, the noise of a noise. I'd say I'm really jealous, but also I really hate sweating. So yeah, you this just traded snow for sweat. Yeah, <laughs> we equally hate the environment the other one lives in with equal amounts of passion. Major Barry. Well, I hope your snow melts soon. I just uh, played a thing in the on a. Uh, 
Frovo.com, which is apparently a website that specializes in how to pronounce words. Oh, good. And this guy says it's Majel. Oh. I mean, I knew I was right. <laughs> I had no doubts at all. Good job. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Mayel. Yeah, I thought it would be too, because that's very exotic. Okay, so I have this theory. I know the first half. Maybe okay. the second half will come to me during our discussion. That so Majel Barrett Roddenberry was the voice of our childhood slash computers in general for 20 to 30 years. Yeah. And I had a theory that somebody else was the new Majel Barrett Roddenberry, but I forget who the somebody else was. Um, Is it Scarlett Johansson because no. of her? It's somewhere, it's somewhere <laughs> in my Twitter feed. But I'm too lazy to look it up. Oh. Hey, Jake, can you get my phone? Hey, Jake, we search her Twitter feed. <laughs> hey, Jake, we drink coffee really loudly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. So you're okay. uh, shooting uh, something fun today, right? A movie? A epic blockbuster cinema piece? Tiny sketch, yes. <laughs> Same thing. Teeny tiny sketch. Yeah. That I'm all kinds of worried isn't going to be funny or make any sense, but I'm going to do it anyway. Is it the um, Totally Awesome Girl one? No, it is. With their uh, head falling off at the end? It's all <laughs> someday when I have the resources <laughs> for CG heads falling off. You could just You could just drop a mannequin head. Like at her feet. No. I like, like that you came up with a much better, more practical way. And it, the only thing, the only way I could do that in my imagination was for it to have a CG. <laughs> I said just drop a mannequin head. Not that I don't dream big or anything, but. Pan the camera down to her feet and then drop a head. There you go. <laughs> um, the sketch is also based on a tweet. Twitter is becoming. Tweetsketch.com. Let's buy it. <laughs> <laughs> purchased dang it someone bought it right then all right i'm gonna find this dang it go ahead sketch comedy ebay wanting me to buy house sitter <laughs> tweetsketch.com is still available <laughs> buy it buy it uh tweets about Lindsay getting mad about starship Of all the if, things to get mad about. <laughs> she gets mad about a lot of stuff. And I know she listens to this. And Lindsay, you know it's true, so I'm allowed to say it. But she gets really mad when you're trying to listen to Spotify together. Uh-huh. And you're trying to find a song by Starship. <laughs> and you can't find it because there's a million cover versions. I have never... I found it. Oh, thank God. Okay. So let me finish this and then I'll finish that. So I have never seen her get so angry. I, <laughs> I mean, it was like jokey angry. She wasn't really angry, but she kind of was because she was just trying to find. Oh my gosh. Let's just call this episode. Audrey forgets everything. <laughs> Done. She was trying to find the, not the song that they did in mannequin. That's the only starship song that I know. I think it was, we built this city on rock and roll, which sounds totally impractical, by the way. And it was just all cover versions, like really bad cover versions. And with each subsequent, she'd be like, all right, that was a cover. Now this is the real song. And it was another crappy cover. And she was like, what's going on? Don't they have rules on Spotify? <laughs> I don't think they do. They don't. That's what we learned. <laughs> it was very upsetting. I heard an NPR story about a guy that um, submits, like, 5,000 songs a year to Spotify. There's always that guy. And that's how he, he made like makes, like, $25,000 a year off Spotify royalties. I used to work for a bunch of content farms for the internet when I started writing back in 2007. Yeah. And it was exactly like that. They would just send out emails, and they'd be like, hey, everyone, all 10,000 people who works for us, and we never check the quality of your work. Um, today you should write about mashed potatoes and all of our monkeys at our typewriters, <laughs> me being the monkey and my typewriter being the computer, we'd be like, okay, yes, sir. And 
we would make like two cents off of the article we wrote about mashed potatoes, and that's how we made a living. Yeah. Oh, those were the days. You know what's weird? I was actually thinking that yesterday. I was like, I should just go back to the content farms. <laughs> At least then I could stay in my house and not have to interact with human beings. <laughs> not have to sweat. <laughs> All right. So do you want to hear the mystery tweet? Yes. Uh, Tress McNeil is our generation's Majel Barrett Roddenberry. <laughs> Bonus brag, didn't spell check either name. <laughs> And why would you? That would take away from the fun. Really? <laughs> Do you know who Tress McNeil is? No, I was actually just getting ready to secretly look them up. <laughs> Aaron, are you Googling? <laughs> Tress McNeil is an extremely prevalent voiceover artist. She does a lot of stuff. We know a lot of her work from The Simpsons and Futurama, but she does, she's just everywhere. She's everywhere. Yes, her Wikipedia entry is quite extensive. She's jammed. That's the thing about the voiceover industry. Like, seven people run the world. She does Seymour Skinner's mother on The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. She's everyone hilarious and wonderful. <laughs> Cookie Kwan on The Simpsons? That sounds racist. She... <laughs> <laughs> You're racist against cookies. <laughs> she has like 20 credits just for The Simpsons. She, I believe, did Magic on McDuck in DuckTales. Oh, love that show. I mean, she's been going for decades. She's a, she's amazing. Her voice has this really unique quality. Like, it's it, she uh, does uh, Mom on Futurama, which I think is one of the funniest characters ever, period. Not just in cartoons, but ever. She does Daisy Duck in a lot of video games that feature Daisy Duck. <laughs> and there are lots of those. Well, so. surpri surprisingly a lot. Um, <laughs> Connect Disneyland Adventures, um, Epic Mickey. Uh, I Kingdom like Epic Mickey. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, Disney Think Fast. <laughs> <laughs> Kingdom if Hearts it's not too. based on a movie or a theme park ride, I don't play it, so... <laughs> She also was the Queen of Hearts in the first Kingdom Hearts. Hmm. See? See? She's amazing. Um, she has a Star Trek connection through the game Star Trek Starfleet Academy. Didn't know that. Um, should we play, should, is there such a thing? You know that game, like, Seven Degrees of Separation from Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Is there, like, um how many degrees of separation people in the entertainment industry are separated from Star Trek? <laughs> okay a you just invented a super fun game that i want to play all the time b we're gonna call it exactly what you just called it i don't even remember what i just said i don't either but whenever we listen to it you're gonna type that and that's what we're gonna call it including the first part which is the question is there a game <laughs> oh that sounds like a lot of fun uh, I, it really, 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 really does. We this get... is why it's good we don't live closer. We would become so weird. <laughs> because we would just invent these weird little games and we'd have weird twin speak within like a week. And <laughs> nobody would be able to hang out with us because they wouldn't understand. Jake and Joey would become best friends because we would stop talking to them. We'd have to cope. Yeah. <laughs> be like, do you understand? No. <laughs> I'm just imagining the two of them in a room staring at us while we giggle maniacally over everything. The world must keep us separate. <laughs> I genuinely think this is a really good idea, though, because that's the thing about Star Trek. It's expansive, and everybody's in it. It's like the last time we podcasted when I told you I found out Adam Scott was a helmsman on Worf's ship in First Contact. I was like, what the? Wait, what? Hold on. I'm looking at Tress McNeil's page still. She was in Tiny Toons. Oh, she was Babs. Yes, she was everything. And Dot. She's, she's all of the things. <laughs> Man. I know. What Did I just blow lady. your mind a little bit? Welcome hey, to welcome she, to Tress McNeil. She was born in Chicago, too. Okay. Um, there have been a million ways we could have segued to it. <laughs> We could have talked about the Ghostbusters video game, which is super fun and really funny. 
And Tressa Hale's could've... probably in it. <laughs> she probably is. <laughs> There's going to be like a conspiracy. Maybe she runs the world. She's the head of the Illuminati lizard people. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, that probably sounded really weird. Oh, no, no, I do. Okay. <laughs> that may have been how I spent my night last night Googling really <laughs> funny internet YouTube conspiracy theories. Uh-huh. Hours of fun. I've seen some pretty weird ones. Oh, just, I saw one yesterday that said that Harry Styles, the shape of his hair, is a clue that he's in the Illuminati. Oh, my God. It's a Christopher Guest, it's a live-action Christopher Guest entertainment art piece. That's what it is. <laughs> These people. I saw anyway. one that said mermaids were real and that they were going to come and take over the world, like kill all land dwellers and rule the world from the sea. That's so amazing. <laughs> now I'm trying to think of the really fun ones I've seen. I've seen ones that br- that uh, break down Beyonce's dance moves. <laughs> to some secret code. That, that it's a secret code talking about the devil and God and all the stuff. And I think like somebody like who would make a video like that, who'd like freeze frame everything and categorize all the dance moves. I'm thinking you are a frustrated Beyonce fan. Like you wanted to be her backup dancer and you're a really bad dancer. So they didn't even let you into the auditions. And now this is what you do. You have a piece of her hair tied around your neck. (laughs) For real. (laughs) Because it's like, if you spend all of your time, twine, <laughs> so tired. If you spend all of your time breaking down something in that much detail and how evil it is, you kind of worship it, maybe yeah. a little, you know? Yeah, I could see that. Oh, oh, okay. Hey, can, okay, Jake. Um, just wrote a note on a piece of paper, like we're an old-timey radio show, and handed it to me. <laughs> Will you get me a refill of coffee? He's amazing. You can make noise. It's okay. Just being really silent. Um, so here's the, here's the note he wrote me. First, I'm going to read it to you the way that I understood it. <laughs> okay. Cat, holics, gotta, then gotta scribbled out, and it says, gonna murder him, with an exclamation point. <laughs> took me a really long time like 10 seconds to figure out that <laughs> we were watching those videos last night and laughing at them mm-hmm. and well, I realized what it says is Catholics gonna murder him please don't take that out of context internet <laughs> um, because there's this Jay-Z song that everybody plays backwards and they're like it says Catholics gonna murder him <laughs> and it's but it sounds really funny when you play it backwards like that's it's not that's not what it says. It's people being crazy. But it sounds like Catholics gonna murder them. Like. Wow. <sighs> life. That was a long story. I'm sorry. That's okay. I enjoyed every moment of it. <laughs> Catholics. <laughs> gonna murder them. Gonna murder them. <laughs> All right. Anyway. We've talked about a million things already. I love it. <laughs> It's only been 20 minutes. Um, all right, let's talk about it. Do it. Harold Ramis died. I'm really sad about it. I didn't know he lived in Chicago, too. I could have accidentally ran into him all these times. Maybe you did. <laughs> Maybe. I, I think I would have recognized him. <laughs> I think. I, how, okay, how do you feel about this? Because I have a lot of feelings. Um, it, the more, I, I guess, you know what, I didn't really know a lot about what he did after Ghostbusters, except for Caddyshack. Um, but the more I look at the stuff he's done, I'm like, oh, he did that? Like, oh, you wrote Groundhog Day? Oh, you did National Lampoon's Vacation? Oh, I'm like finding all these things that he was involved in that I love, so... I uh, feel really weird about it. Like, you know what a run-off-at-the-mouth public person I am and, you know, just blog everything. And, and this one just shut me down. 
I, I, it surprised me, first of all. It's, I feel similar to how I felt when John Hughes passed away, where I was just kind of like, what? Like, my brain's not processing. Yeah. And I think our generation is probably worse at handling this stuff, and we linger and we kind of wallow in it. And we're, we have, like, we're more surprised than we have the right to be. Like, human beings die. Right. He was almost They're 70. They're not impervious. Too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he was and sick. And he was very sick. Yeah. Like, and, and so I'm annoyed with myself for it freaking me out. But I also think that it's important to, like, figure out why. Like, why we react to things the way that we do. And so I've been trying to figure out, like, this, because I just, it really shut me down. I was in the middle of a, um, my secret puppeteering job that I can't tell you any more about. And <laughs> it was, like, the very beginning of the day. I had, like, eight hours left. And I was like, oh, stupid I Twitter have puppets right now. Like, <laughs> Twitter ruining your day. It was so sad. It was so sad. Yeah, I think a lot of the problem I have, too, is that when you think of someone like this dying, you're like, who is going to replace him? Like, who's going to fill his role in society? And then I think about his, like, contemporaries in movies and television right now. I'm like, there's nobody. There's nobody that talented anymore. (laughs) I... And then I feel really oh, old for thinking that. Because I think the same thing about music, too. Like, I think about, like, the people that were, like, maybe not, like, that I was super into, but maybe, like, a decade ago, the, the people that were really great. And I'm like, there's nobody that's – the best we have is Beyonce? Really? Like oh, – no. <laughs> Depressing. And she's a minion of the devil. <laughs> and in the Illuminati. I don't know what we're going to do about that. Like – Okay, sidebar, and then we're going to go right back to what you said, because you just made an extremely good point. Um, My thinking is that music has gotten so, and like you said, I feel old for saying this, it's gotten so terrible, but so blatantly evil. Like, it's just blatantly, like, like, you know, Beyonce, she's not evil. That was the wrong choice of words. Like, Beyonce and Miley Cyrus and Katy Perry, like, they are clearly marketing yeah, yeah, they're sexual trying... things to children. Like, it's pretty clear. Yeah. Like, they would say they're not, and I'm sure they don't think they are. Like, I'm sure they think, no, this is just, like, this is a moment I'm in as an artist, and this is what I want to do with my art. But if you're singing, like, sexual things and you have candy on your boobs, like, <laughs> <laughs> there's kind of a connection there. And the candy's going to attract the young viewers. And then, like, it's not, I don't believe that, like, like music can, like, make people do things. Like, I've never, ever, ever believed that. But even, like, just Miley Cyrus singing just blatantly about, like, just drugs. Yeah. Not even, like, the pot, which was, like, the big scary thing to sing about when we were kids. The but, pot. like, you know, <laughs> like, ecstasy. At the, I'm like, it's really, it's. I was saying to Jake two days ago, I was like, yeah, it's gotten really bad. Like, it's just blatantly idiocracy. You know, like, music's always had, like, a dirty side, but I, I think this is the first generation where the dirty, truly dirty stuff is mainstream pop. Yeah, and it's just so blatant, too, like... There's no art to it, No, you know? not, a, not one single bit. <laughs> no, not at all. We're. I know that that makes us fuddy-duddies, and, like, I'm not, like... But like when Sinead O'Connor, do you do you remember that whole thing when Sinead O'Connor wrote the open letter to Miley Cyrus? Yes. <laughs> I wish it was one of those moments where I wished Sinead O'Connor had done it in private and I wished she had been a little bit more diplomatic because I agreed with like everything that she said. Right. But I was like, ah, the way you said it made you look crazy like <laughs> If only you had been a little bit more diplomatic because it is, it, it is, it's so out of control. Like the music scene is so, I mean, just the videos, like I watched Rihanna's, I forget what it's called, pour it, pour it up video or something like oh last my gosh, week. I hate that song so much. 
I mean, they play it at my job all the time. (laughs) I'm so sorry for you. I'm sorry (laughs) that you have to listen to that. It's just garbage. It's like it seems like it's like 20 minutes long too. (laughs) So repetitive. (laughs) For 20 minutes. You know what? You sounded a lot like her just now. Well, I have to hear that song at least like three times a week. (laughs) Really impressed. Like. I mean, I can see where the cuckoos come out of the closet when they hear stuff like that because it is very hypnotic. It's very, well, repetitive is the word I was looking for, not hypnotic. (laughs) It's simplistic. It's, like, where are are the diplomatic feminists? We need them to come out in full force. I was going to say Ani DeFranco, but she's not very diplomatic. That's the thing. We need a new era of diplomatic. (laughs) feminism because radical fighting radical is not doing any good because we're not able to speak to the people who are (laughs) like in the middle ground you know what I mean and those are the people who are being affected by it's I'm more offended by the stupidity than I am of the like overt sexuality yeah I'm so much more offended by the stupidity by the I don't know the the lack of art in the lyrics, like the fact that that nine songs out of ten are about a woman trying to get a man's attention. <laughs> um, I did just uh, listen to the new uh, Pharrell album, and it's basically the same thing, but the opposite. Uh, him just the whole album is him just like, hey, hey, girl, you're cute. Let's <laughs> let's go hang out. His at least his music is so is. He's got he's got a thing that he's going for. Yeah, and it's not trashy either. Yeah, yeah, you can hear his influences, and you can hear that he's trying to sculpt something. I would consider him a, a real musician, but like, what if he wrote a, a topic album? Like, what if he wrote? I I don't know. I was listening to Happy that song Happy on the way to work the other day. It's also entirely too long. Speaking of songs, <laughs> that are too long. is that the song that's twenty four hours long? There is a twenty four hour version of it. Yes. Which is pretty cool, but also, what? (laughs) (laughs) I, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say they probably used the 24-hour version in Guantanamo Bay. (laughs) (laughs) That song legitimately makes me feel, you'll never guess. Happy? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I like it too, but it just seems like the ending of it is just a little long. I'm like, you could have stopped this about 30 seconds ago. <laughs> we need to write down a list of rules for the things that make our songs okay during this extremely old person fuddy-duddy conversation we're having about the music industry. <laughs> End your song 30 seconds earlier than you think you need to. <laughs> Think about something other than trying to get the attention of the opposite sex. And or drugs or, or money. Yeah, don't sing about drugs or money. Don't... Tell me about your sex life. I don't need to know. Like, yeah, don't care. <laughs> I wonder if we could make like a a search engine for like what's okay with Aaron and Audrey. Like, what genre it would it would give us back primarily? Maybe we should start a wiki page on wikia.com. Like, what genre and what era applies most to these rules? Like, because I feel like by our rules, even like songs from like the 1920s are like no. <laughs> unacceptable because i have like a 1920s playlist that i listen to a lot and they talk a lot about trying to get the attention of the opposite sex and, and to the speakeasy <laughs> it really is <laughs> it really is <laughs> roll down your knee socks oh no explicit <laughs> you sing about that a lot that was like some kind of code for something probably code for illicit sex at the speakeasy (laughs) it probably is oh man (laughs) i feel ruined i try to make these harmless playlists so that i won't be angry old lady now the 20th one is ruined (laughs) (laughs) don't listen to donna summer her bad girl cd is all about hookers is it really yeah the whole album basically Toot toot indeed, Donna Summer. <laughs> That's okay. She was classy while she was doing it. And subversive, was, so we didn't even know it. 
Is that what She Works Hard for the Money is about? Yeah. No, Aaron. What kind of work do you think she's doing? In the music video, she's buying groceries and bringing them home to her children. Yeah, they didn't show where she got the money to buy those groceries. Oh, no. But, okay, even that is about the moment of New York in the 70s. Like you said, even that's being subversive. Yeah. In some way. So even that's a little bit clever. Because she's speaking to, like, this life that the rest of America didn't realize was going on. Yeah. It was probably the only way that lady knew how to take care of her kids in the video. I'm sad. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, this this privileged... I feel like I could turn into, like, a really obnoxious shock jock if I had a show just about, like, music today. You kids and your rock music. (laughs) Just, it's not speaking to the actual experience that I feel like the majority of kids are having. It's like that moment in the late 90s, early aughts, when every boy in high school was listening to um, Eminem and Dr. Dre. Except me. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Every obnoxious high school boy. I I think I was more into like R.E.M. and Counting Crows then. I know you had good taste. <laughs> I had good taste even then. Uh, it, was like, it was like they were like listening to it, and I remember thinking, that doesn't speak to your experience. Why are you listening to that? And it was because it spoke to a fantasy, and I don't know which is more sad that that's your fantasy of like doing these bad, illegal things. Being in a gang in Detroit. Ooh, glamorous. <laughs> I'm like, come on, come on. Why are you listening to this? Don't tell me what I can't. And then as soon as you tell somebody, like, you think it's stupid that they're listening to something, they listen to it, like, ten more times a day. (laughs) You'll show me filling your head with garbage. (laughs) There's this this kid I work with that is really into Eminem. And um, at night when we're closing the store, I usually put on music over the, my own music over the store's sound system. And he's like, don't you have any rap, Aaron? I was like, I do, but you're not going to like it. And he was like, why not? And I was like, because it's, it's not about ladies scantily <laughs> clad. It's not about marijuana usage. It's not about money. It's not about gangs. It's not about guns. It's not about any of those things. And he was like, oh. Like, he had no interest when I told him. Are you serious? Yeah. That's so funny. I thought you were, like, building up to a punchline, and and he was just like, oh, then never mind. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Well, that's a punchline, all right, but the joke is today's youth. (laughs) (laughs) These these are the people that are going to be running the country when we're old and senile. Have you seen the movie Idiocracy? It's a Mike Judge movie. You need to watch it because it's happening. (laughs) Great. It's happening right now. I'm so... It's it's about a world in which everyone is really stupid. Oh, God. In is the it, future, everyone is dumb. Is it set in 2014? <laughs> I don't know. It's a little further in the future. The president is a pro wrestler. Oh, God. And everybody has, like, logos all over their clothing. It's actually pretty... He's going to, we're going to like, you know, like the the futurists who wrote things in the 20s and they were pretty accurate or like Orwell's big brother, like Mike Judge is our prophet because it is headed that direction. That sounds scary. It is scary. (laughs) Well, uh, I'm just going to have to get rich and buy my own island secluded from society. (laughs) I want to bring... I would like to bring intellectualism back and the idea that the pursuit of intelligence is okay. I don't think that's going to happen, Audrey. <laughs> it's a very small, modest goal that I have. <laughs> so I don't know attainable. why you would think. <laughs> like, um, where we are in the South, particularly, when we moved from the North to the South, and I know this is controversial to say, and I don't mean it to hurt anyone's feelings, but the attitude in the North was, you know, oh, you have a master's degree? Like, so what? You're really smart now. Like, good for you. So it was cynical in the North. But when we moved down South, 
the cynicism about the fact that my husband and I both have a master's degree turned like intellectually violent. It turned into, you have a master's degree, you will be punished. Like, wow. <laughs> like oh, you think you're so smart? We're going to make you do menial labor to punish you because we think you must think you're better than us. Like, like that is the attitude down South. Wow. That I have run into. I'm sure it's not prevalent everywhere, but that is what I have seen is that people think less of you if you have an education. Hmm. And that probably wouldn't be the case if it was easier to get one. I think maybe, yeah, maybe if it was like less expensive. Yeah. Maybe I would, I would, t I wonder if that's true though. Like, I wonder if the tide has just turned and education has been so expensive for so long that if it became free tomorrow, that people would be like, I don't need that. Like, I wonder if the attitude that an education is an elitist negative thing to have is now just stuck. Hmm. I think I would probably go to college if I, if it was cheap. If they were like, Aaron, you can go to school for $500 a year, I'd probably go. But I, got, I kind of feel like you are an intelligent person already. Yeah. You're, you're, you're in the mindset that, well, I, I like, I'm interested in quality things. I'm interested in good things. Like down south, a lot of, oh my gosh, I'm being such... I feel like you're going to have to edit so much out of this because I really do sound like I'm like being a, a jerk Howard Stern. No, not at all. <laughs> I feel like I'm being really rude and dismissive. It's not true of everybody. There's no such thing as something being true about everybody. It's And maybe it's been based on my unique experiences and, and stuff down here. But like, for example, let's take it back to a point you made earlier. And I thought it was a really good point. You were talking about Harold Ramis, and you said, look at his contemporaries today. And your point was that we don't have anybody. It feels like we don't have anybody who is as talented or as as hardworking or who produce, produces, I don't know, quality work. Like, flesh that out a little bit because... Well, like, you look at... I just... The problem I have... If he was really into comedy, mostly it looks like, almost everything he did was a comedy. He um, with um, SCTV, yeah, which was comedy. Um, and I look at modern American comedy, and I don't think any of it's funny hardly at all. Like, <laughs> like they they mentioned that he worked with Adam Sandler, and I'm like, really? Because I don't think Adam Sandler's that funny. <laughs> you know, and every. People always – I can't even think of a current funny movie that's even in the last five years. But people always ask me, oh, did you see this? Oh, my gosh, it was so funny. And I was like eh, – I watched a preview, and I didn't even smile. So, no, I didn't see it. I totally agree with that. Yeah, and I just – and part of me thinks that's just because I'm old, but also I think it's because I'm not even that old. <laughs> and We're not I just think that I have, old. That's the thing. We're I not I have better 70. taste than that. We're 30. Like, I think I think the difference might be – I've been trying to figure this out lately because what you're talking about has been what I've been thinking about. There's kind of a convergence right now. It's Harold Ramis just died, unrelated but related in my brain. Wes Anderson's new movie comes out in like eight days, which I'm really excited about. Like when a Wes Anderson movie comes out – and again, this makes me – I know this doesn't help my pretentious – you know, thing. But like when a Wes Anderson movie comes out, I just devour it. I pounce on it because there's not a lot of art, artful stuff coming out or there, there is, but not coming out where I can access it. Like there was a nice art theater in Indianapolis where I could go see independent stuff. Oh, I saw Hedwig and the Angry Inch there. I love that place. Yeah. I loved it so much. It was like the only place I saw, um, for your consideration there. The Castleton Arts Theater, right? Yes, yes. So amazing. But, like, why isn't there more... 
I, and I don't even like all of Wes Anderson's movies. I hated Darjeeling Limited. So it's not that I'm like a fangirl and I'll just accept anything I'm given. It's that I, I'm really interested in seeing things that are like fully formed. Yeah. Like Wes Anderson's stuff. One of the reasons why I get really excited to see it is that like, it's really definitive. Like he doesn't make movies because he thinks he's going to make a bunch of money off of them or because like with Adam Sandler movies and granted, a lot of them are, are funny. His early stuff is funny, but like he, he makes movies. I no, that's not fair either. It's really hard to like talk about your opinions when you're trying to be nice. (laughs) (laughs) It's really difficult. Here's my thing. If, you can say something's crappy if you have a good reason why it's crappy. I'll it's, just I'll just use I feel statements. Because okay. that way I can say I feel. I feel that things are crappy. And that way I'm not pronouncing it crappy. Because I know other people like those things. And they have every right to. I went and saw the first Grown Ups movie. And I loved it. And I'm embarrassed about that. Because it was a <laughs> terrible movie. And terribly anti-feminist. Like, just, I tried to justify it. It didn't work. But, like, I think there's a difference between art and entertainment, which sounds like duh, but I don't think that everybody knows that in this, like, generation, in our generation, even. Yeah, I see what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a rush. I think instant culture and social networking I've seen this in, because I made I made a short film that went to a festival. I'm getting there. I'm trying to work my way up to being a filmmaker. And the thing that I notice is that a lot of times I'll work with people, and everyone is extremely impatient. And Harold Ramis became Harold Ramis because he spent years perfecting his, not perfecting, but it feels weird to say perfecting when he's the guy who made Caddyshack. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it's not like it's high art. Like, but he spent years working as a writer on SCTV. He spent years doing improv himself. Like he, he picked out what he wanted to do and then he worked at it. He wasn't worried about getting attention for it before he was a fully formed artist. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that's what slowed me down is that I'm in the Facebook generation and you want attention right now. I really do. Like I do. I'm like, Hey, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. Look at these photos of me on the set. Look, I'm, I wrote this. Look, look, look. And it's, I'm, I think I'm sabotaging myself because I'm missing out on a, like artists need like formative years. They need time. We don't give anyone that anymore. Yeah. I think I do the same thing though. Like if I post a link to, something i've written or a podcast or something and no one has clicked like on it by the end of the day i'm like what like we suck yeah i'm a failure yeah why do i do anything (laughs) (laughs) well i'm i'm going through i've been going through this for like a couple of years and trying to figure stuff out and so i'm making all kinds of moves to try to figure it out i'm like am i an actor kind of but no like I really want to be a filmmaker. Like, that's what I really want to do. I want to be a writer filmmaker. That's it. Like I've, and like this time last year, I knew that's what I wanted to do, but I had like nothing going on and I didn't know how to do it. And now like I've spent the last year, like throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. And I think I have to do the opposite of what I think I have to do. I think I have to be really public and get attention and, well, that's how I'll make money to make my first movie. And what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? And I think at a certain point we have to go in the opposite direction that we think we have to. I think we have to slow down now if we're going to speed up later. Yeah. You know, art wise, create creative. Can't say the word creativity, but creativity wise. (laughs) I'm glad to hear you're still trying to sort your uh, ambitions out. Because I have no idea what mine are. Well, and sometimes I think, oh, I'm almost 33, and I don't. I still work in the mall, and I don't know what to do. You know what though? Like you have a good steb stable. What is wrong with me? Stables. You have a good stable steady. That's stable and steady together. You have a good stable job. 
And I find that like you're actually in an ideal position right now because if you if you were words <laughs> if you were really worried about money and making a living you wouldn't have the mental space to figure things out you're actually ideally positioned to do whatever it is that you want to do yeah and you're very talented oh you are you're very funny you are one of my first writing partners yeah not like i'm a success so that says anything but like <laughs> You know what I mean. Yeah. I just don't know what to do with it. <laughs> do you know what you um, want? Like, like, is there like an end of the road for you where you're like in your mind as you're drifting off to sleep? You're like, I imagine myself someday at X place, but I don't know how to get there. Or no, it's more like I don't want to work in the mall anymore. <laughs> Like, where can I, what can I do that is a little more, um, I don't want to say fulfilling because that sounds really stupid. No, it doesn't. Say fulfilling. That's okay. not stupid. What, what's, what's more fulfilling or interesting that I could do? And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. May I recommend a book for you? Yes. It's very silly. I probably rec I'm, I recommend it to everybody because... I've used it twice, and after both times that I used it, I had like a big life breakthrough. Um, it's called The Artist's Way. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of it? No. I'm adding it's, it to my Amazon wish list right now. It's by a woman <laughs> named Julia Cameron, and I'm going to keep it real with you. The book is super annoying. <laughs> the cover makes it look kind of annoying. It's got a mountain... Yeah, it's like, exactly the brand of annoying you think it's going to be. Birds. Yeah. <laughs> However, it's extremely effective. Um, she takes you on this kind of, it's like a 12-week course, and you have to be very, if you do it, it works. Yeah. It really, really works. Like, you, you'll read a chapter at the beginning of every week, and you just have to get through that chapter, and you have to kind of sift through, because she's at a different place in her life she's like i imagine that she wears like chunky turquoise jewelry and like probably birkenstocks yeah like she's that person <laughs> and but what she has to say so if you can sift through the chunky turquoise jewelry and the birkenstocks and the flowery language and the funny examples the ankle length skirts yes <laughs> she takes long walks in the desert and <laughs> in her gauzy tops <laughs> I was just telling a girlfriend of mine the other day that I've had this weird urge to dress post-menopausal. <laughs> I couldn't figure out why. And I realized it's because I started the second Artist Way book last Sunday. And I'm like, oh, I want to dress like Julia Cameron. I just picture her hair is like kind of like Captain Janeway's hair, but with more gray in it. <laughs> a little bit more wavy. Yeah. <laughs> she has uh, glasses that have like the the chain she has glasses on a chain but they're just for reading <laughs> is this really what she looks like or are you imagining it too i'm imagining it <laughs> she talks about turquoise a lot in the book like every chapter she'll she'll like remind you like remember and the things that she says are amazing and liberating and i swear to you if you'll do them they they will change your life i'm not even kidding but every chapter she suggests you paint something turquoise <laughs> <laughs> she's like let me remind you you can do small little things that will that will make you feel better for example paint a shelf turquoise like <laughs> every single chapter but like chapter seven have you painted your toenails turquoise yet it's liberating wearing turquoise jewelry did you paint that bookcase turquoise 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 <laughs> like little turquoise things dancing around her brain and then her head falls off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just—it's really good. It's really good, but really annoying. But what she does is she she sort of forces you to confront what you already know about yourself. Like I bet there are things that you would like to do, but 
you've probably blocked it off because you're thinking like, no, that's dumb. That's dumb. That's dumb. Like, yeah, I can see that. She gets you to be, she gets you to kind of admit things to yourself. Yeah. And not only that, but she'll help you. It's like, well, she helps you help yourself. First of all, which I really love. I hate books where people are like, do this. Instead. She's like, think about this and figure out what you really want, which I like that. But she also gets you to a place where you're thinking about things practically, which I think is really helpful. Yeah. I'm a very practical thinker in general. So I can appreciate that. Me too. Like life is not about feelings, right? It's about doolings. (laughs) Do or do not. There is no feel. That's right. (laughs) I had to figure that out because I have a lot of feelings about a lot of things. <laughs> That's better than having no feelings, I guess. Is it? <laughs> Are you Is sure? Because I have a lot of feelings. Harold <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ramis died. Yeah. That's a bummer. It really sucks. Now we just have to hope, like, uh, what's-his-face steps up. What's-his-face. I love that guy. Um, Are you talking about Seth Rogen? Uh, he's pretty funny, I guess. But that's not who I was thinking of. Um, but you were so clear. <laughs> you know, he's that guy with the face. I love that guy. He has hair. He yeah, he totally has hair, too. And a nose. Not everyone has hair, so that does help us narrow it down. <laughs> Um, he's in that show with the people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Andy Samberg. That's who it is. Andy Samberg is super funny. And I'm glad he has a TV show because I had had just about enough of his 15-year-old Lonely Island shenanigans. <laughs> um, do you watch Parks and Recreation at all? Yes. Have you seen his, his brief appearance on Parks and Recreation? No. He's like a, um animal control guy that can't uh, control the volume of his voice. <laughs> so he, like, yells constantly. <laughs> That's so funny. That's why they give him a job. Oh, no, he's not animal control. He did, He's like a park, like Pawnee's version of a park ranger. And th- that's why they gave him that job, so he would be outside. Because they, <laughs> oh they didn't want to hear him yell inside. There's so many funny people who are a thousand times funnier when you put them in a circumstance where they can't just be like, butts, boobs. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. <laughs> boobs and butts. Cuss words. I'm like, okay, all right, children. Think um, a little harder. And Andy Samberg is one of those. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of Amy Poehler, which reminds me of another new show that's pretty funny that I've been watching, Broad City. I can't watch that show. I'm, it upsets me. It's a little vulgar, yeah. No, no, not because it's – I have no idea if it's vulgar or not. It upsets me because I feel like Lindsay and I could have done something like that. You still and could. so we're both very jealous about it. They started out as a web series. You just got to launch your web series, and then Amy Poehler has to watch it, and then you'll be famous. No problem. Yeah. Just start I, uh, just start tweeting links to her. After you make your web series, start tweeting her links constantly, and then you'll be famous. I avoid a lot of things for that very reason, because it upsets me, because it makes me jealous. <laughs> Which more, is mature. More feelings. See? I have a lot of feelings about a lot of things. Broad City is one of them. Hmm. No, look like you can't she... make me. I won't watch it. doesn't look like she's on Twitter anyway. There's an Amy Poehler Twitter handle, but it, it has zero tweets. <laughs> and Z- no check mark. It has four, almost 40,000 followers, but zero tweets, zero followers. Or zero, she's not following anybody, but she has 40,000 followers and no tweets. I uh, kicked myself off of Facebook. I've checked it yesterday because there's uh, somebody I know is having like a, a medical trauma. And so I wanted to check in on them, but I kicked myself off of Facebook. I just, because of all the attention, I would be like, look, I'm funny, right? And I'm friends with a lot of like really cool kind of successful people. So I want to prove to them that I'm funny. And I, I had to kick myself off 
And now I'm doing the same thing on Twitter, but it seems a little bit more socially acceptable on Twitter to try to get people's attention and try to make jokes and be funny. Yeah. I was, I was getting upset. Like I would get on Facebook and get upset. Because no one was typing smiley faces on your jokes. More so because I'm friends with all these really successful people and they would be like, I'm doing this really amazing successful thing. And I'd be like, I can't, it's making me feel negative. I can't like I'm really happy, legitimately happy for them. But if you like if you hear somebody's good news one day, like the first day you're like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Good for you. And the second day you're like, man, good. That is amazing. And then the third day you're like, OK, like <laughs> and then the fourth day you just feel bad about yourself. Like, yeah, I can kind of relate to that. I used to follow a lot of. um people in like gaming journalism that were really successful and they would be posting links to their articles and, you know, chatting with each other, but never talking to me. And I was always, (laughs) always left out. It becomes ingrown very quickly. Yes. I just unfollowed them all. But then like, then you feel petty and you feel guilty. Like I would feel guilty if I would have a negative feeling like, cause I'm genuinely happy for people's success. And also I know that there are a lot of people who look at some of the stuff I've done and go, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Like, I've had people tell me, like, oh, I'm so jealous of you. And I want to be like, really? Me? Like, I'm jealous. What have I done? Like, (laughs) it's all my. I can't say anything. Because I I was going to say something that downplayed something that I did that people would think was really successful. And then someone would hear it and be like, we hate you. So, (laughs) never mind. But to me, like, I haven't done nearly enough. Like, I should have a feature film done by now. Like, I should have my own comedy thing. Like, I should have so much. In my brain, I'm capable of so much more. And so I must be making people feel the way other people make me feel. And it just got too much. And I just had to be like, goodbye, Facebook. Goodbye for now. I'm sure I'll be back. But You're just very ambitious, I think. And you expect a lot out of yourself. I also have a an S ton of energy. <laughs> can I have a some lot of that? You can. I would be glad to give some of it away because it's it's uh it gets very manic having this much energy. Especially the last like month or so. I've just been I've been going to work and I've just been like, Ugh, this again. <laughs> I like, know that what I need day's to... the same. <laughs> I, you know, I kind of envy you. I envy you because I have been doing, I have four gigs right now that I can rotate into on any given day in entertainment. And I have a handful of projects that I really want to move forward on, but I'm starting to feel bad about all of them because I'm thinking about all of them instead of just picking one and doing one. And so I'm starting to feel negative about all of them. Like ambition has a really ugly side if you don't cultivate it. Yeah. And I've been daydreaming about specifically about that joke I made earlier about working for content farms. Mm-hmm. Those were good times. I I got, I would wake up every morning. I would have coffee. I would go to my office in my home and I would work a nine to five in my home, writing about stuff that I liked. Like mashed potatoes. Yeah, mashed potatoes, movies, <laughs> voiceover actors. It was good times. The only downside was that my wrists hurt all the time and I did not make a lot of money. I made some money, but I did not make a lot. And, but they were simple times and my brain was clear. Yeah. I'm, I've got, I really, I need to slow down and make some different choices. Well, you can always go work at Spencer's. You have some of my speed up and I'll take some of your slow down. Okay. Because that's what we desperately need. Sometimes I just think that uh, I'm stuck in Groundhog Day. No, you're a stable human being. It's a good thing. Don't let the internet make you feel like you're less than what you are. Like You you have achieved what 99% of your generation can't achieve. Grown-up adult stability. Selling fake poop and sex toys. (laughs) Yeah, but (laughs) you're bringing joy to the world. Because fake poop is funny. <laughs> oh, and so, fake puke, too. Don't forget the fake puke. Even funnier. <laughs> it's really terrible fake puke. No one would believe it for an instant. <laughs> What's in there? Candy corn? <laughs> Kinda. And, like, the, the fluidy part of it, it looks like lemonade. 
It's like crystal clear and yellow. Whoever fake vomited that needs to go to the hospital immediately. Yeah, there's something. Sir, you are throwing up stomach bile and you need help. <laughs> you just threw up urine. You should probably get that checked out. You're going to die in 30 seconds. <laughs> really, I really wish that you felt better about yourself because I think that you're amazing. Well, I think part of it, too, is that I have terrible self-esteem, so I probably underestimate myself. You do underestimate yourself. <laughs> there are people who can't find jobs at all. At least I recognize that, though. And you get promoted and move up in yours, you know? Yeah, I get to move to the bustling metropolis of Aurora. You don't know how much I envy you. Like, Aurora, Elgin, um, Winnetka specifically. Like, you are in the hotbed of American comedy. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> you are. You're where, like... Chicago, like, oh, so many of the greats came from or relocated to that area specifically. Yeah, Second City pretty turns out a lot of funny people. I'm very jealous. Every time I go to Chicago, I go on a pilgrimage to the Second City building, and I dream of living in Winnetka and having my own film company. And sure, in my dreams, I live in a huge mansion, but, you know. <laughs> That's what dreams are for, huge mansions and stuff. All I want is my own huge mansion and my own film company and to be independently wealthy. Is that too much to ask? And a Scrooge McDuck vault filled with money I can swim in. That's all I need. Why won't you give it to me, God? <laughs> it's really just very realistic and humble of you to set Small your goals dreams. that low. Small dreams. <laughs> so, uh... We should probably go in the next few minutes. I feel like I could talk to you for another hour. This has been a really nice conversation, but I have to call Lindsay. I yeah. want. To... So. I have to t go to work. <laughs> you have to go be a responsible grown-up who's paying all of his bills. Ew. <laughs> I really do think you're amazing, and I think that you're extremely funny and extremely talented, and you have really good journalistic instincts. So if you wanted to be a journalist, you'd be a good one. If you wanted to be a comedy writer, you'd be a fantastic one. Someone else told me that once. They wanted me to go to a um, sketch comedy writing class at the Second City. You would be so good at that. But all my sketches would end with the character's head falling off. <laughs> Only in the beginning, and then your work would grow. Erin, you and I were writing sketch comedy in 1999. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but it was funny. I'm sticking to that. I'm holding to that. That freaking medieval catalog was a riot. <laughs> Too bad Mrs. Schlorf didn't think so. Well, you got to play to your audience, and she did she, not appreciate our style. She didn't appreciate anything. She really didn't. She was an angry lady at yeah, that time. Very, I hope she has become a happier person. Yeah. I hope she got a sense of humor somewhere along the line. She had good hair, though. Yeah. Was, she had a lot of hairspray, I'm sure. I imagine always... many cans of Aquanet dying <laughs> at her had, hands. like, the Jennifer Aniston... She had that down. Yeah, before Jennifer did, really. She did. She had, like, the layers. <laughs> they stood up somehow. It's the Aquanet. It was good. <laughs> we can say she might not have had a lot of a sense of humor, but she had good hair. <laughs> Cannot argue with it. <laughs> At least by late 90s standards. <laughs> I don't know. I think I never know what to do with my hair. Ever, 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 ever. So I'm always impressed with people who kind of got it going on in the hair department. You should just buzz it off and buy lots of beautiful wigs. I almost shaved my head in college because I got so tired of thinking about it. <laughs> I'm a vain person. It's You would think I would be prettier for how vain I am. <laughs> Oh, shut up. <laughs> Speaking of low self-esteem. <laughs> we should rename the podcast the Low Self-Esteem Pity Party Hour. <laughs> and that's my low self-esteem foghorn, in case you were wondering. It, it shall be sounded anytime somebody says something that's generated by their low self-esteem. <laughs> oh, I miss you so much. I miss you, too. I hope we can... Um meet in real faces sometime i really want to come visit chicago not right now though <laughs> no no it's too cold go away you know if i come up to chicago maybe i could bring Lindsay, 
and we could, I've always wanted to do a more extensive tour as, of famous movie locations. Mm-hmm. Last time I was there, I always hit Second City. I went and saw the restaurant from Return to Me. I'd like to go drive by the Home Alone house in the non-creepiest way possible. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm only in like an hour train ride from Chicago still, so. Would that be, like, I really want to do that. Because A, I just want to see you. But B, I think we can... It's just good for us to do things like that when we're together. It's just good for the soul. Yeah, I agree. That sounds fun. All right. All right, well, I'm going to go blow my nose a hundred times and then get in the shower. Get in the shower, you. All right. I hope you have a really good day at work and that you feel really good about yourself while you're there. Thanks. I have um, a monster I'm going to drink halfway through my day. I always feel good about myself when I'm jacked up on monster. (laughs) (laughs) What do you hope for me? I hope that you get over your problems with your hair and <laughs> me too from your lips to God's ears because <laughs> your hair looks wonderful and I hope that right you now. <laughs> he said right now it's a Beethoven wig right now <laughs> Frederick Douglass right now <laughs> And I hope that you make so many funny, amazing things for everybody. Thanks. Oh, feelings. (laughs) Did I tell you my theory about... I forgot my theory in the middle of telling you my theory.